Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Billy Epperhart, and on this show, you're going to hear from industry leaders in business, real estate, and investing. Our Wealth Builder coaches and myself are excited to teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Karen Conrad and I'm so grateful that you are joining us today. We're continuing on the topic of generational wealth. This is actually part two and I'm excited to be joined by my amazing husband, David Metcalf. Welcome, Dave. Oh, hey, thank you very much. It's great to be with you. Well, we are very excited about this topic of generational wealth. And we've been traveling down this as a family and really learning a lot about it. Uh, And I wondered if we could, Dave, if you would actually review a little bit about what is prosperity and wealth? How is it defined? Okay. There's probably many different definitions. One of the ones that we've landed on as we discuss as a family is taking the word prosperity and we define that as having all of God's resources to accomplish his will in our life and to build wealth that makes a difference and that leaves a legacy. And when we talk about that as a family, that helps uh, us contextualize and put everything together for what prosperity is. Because sometimes people say prosperity and who knows what they're thinking. Right. Well, a lot of times people think it's just money. It could be just money. That's right. So for us, prosperity, having all the resources would be things like the spiritual blessing of vibrant health and emotional health, freedom from oppression, Mm -hmm. and the quality of relationships and peace and joy in our lives and also financial resources. Yeah, I really like that because there are people that are wealthy financially but they're kind of bankrupt in maybe health or relationships, maybe their family, you know, they've given up their family and their pursuit of wealth, things like that. And we know that with God, it's not either or. Mm -hmm. It's not. And when we talk about the idea of prosperity as those resources that helps us accomplish God's will in our life, that's one part. And then we go on to say that it's building wealth that makes a difference. So right. then that gets us into our wealth definition. Yeah, that's what well, you want to share that. Okay, so <laughs> wealth we talk about is more than just money. It's the wealth of relationships. How beautiful some of the most precious relationships that we have. And they begin with you and I. Mm-hmm. We have each other and then we have our children. And then we have the close friends and community around us. That is a lot of wealth. We're not alone. Yeah. Of course, our relationship with Jesus is very important. Uh, I mean, that's a given, right? Right. And then we talk about the idea of wealth could be education Mm -hmm. and wealth is experience and also wealth is influence that God gives us. These are all different measurements of of wealth, but it does also include financial resources. Yeah, that's awesome. And And it is important that we pay attention to that and, you know, tying it back to Billy and Becky and wealth builders you know, making sense of making money for making a difference. And I think we have really seen and had an understanding the importance of this, and especially with generations, uh, because with wealth, with financial resources comes influence. And for us really to bring transformation 
to our culture, right, to fulfill Deuteronomy 8.18, uh, it is important to pursue wealth from all these angles and including financial so that we can have the impact in our communities, uh, in our nation, and really across the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in addition to all that, in case someone's thinking, well, what about spirituality? Well, yes, spirituality is wealth. Mm-hmm. And so we're saying that that is the context, that's the environment that we are operating in the atmosphere. So, yes, spirituality is our wealth. And then out of that spiritual um, connection with God, we learn how to build quality relationships. We learn how mm-hmm. to pursue things that are going to renew our mind and educate us. We learn how to get experience in business and all these areas. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows that we're, yeah. we're it's all in the context of God. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And if you did not listen to last week's podcast, I encourage you to do that because I was actually part one uh, where I laid a scriptural foundation with examples in the Bible about generational wealth. And today in part two, we're actually going to go through seven practical steps to help you in passing on a legacy, teaching your children and grandchildren and uh, really retaining that wealth that that you have built, um, that we can ensure that it will go on for generations. And so I would get, if I was you, encourage you to get a notepad out, uh, you know, and a pen and write this down because I think this is really going to help you. So Dave, let's go ahead and get started okay. with the seven practical steps. And I'll just read a little description. I'm going to give you a scripture and then I'm going to turn it over to Dave. He's got some really great notes and, and commentary on this. So the first one, number one, is decide as a family what you want to do, the results you want to see, and the impact that you want to have. And there's a reference to Habakkuk 2.2, and it says this, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Or in other versions, it's that those that read can run with it. Mm-hmm. And along with this first principle, deciding as a family what you want to do, um, one of the thoughts I had was the idea that Billy talks about the 3X model. Mm-hmm. And one of our first steps is the first X, and that is getting our financial house in order. So when we talk about what do we want to do, we need to also include the idea of getting the financial management in place so that we're actually intentionally positioning ourselves to move forward successfully and begin to build wealth, which is in that second X. So if, if anybody hasn't caught that, just look up to Wealth Builders uh, website yeah. and to get the three X part. Yeah, you can go to wealthbuilders.org and there's a lot of information in there on the triple X, but there's a search button on the top that you could actually just type in triple X and it will bring you all the blogs up that reference it mm-hmm. for so free. For free. Mm-hmm. So then we're deciding as a family that we want to actually manage our, our resources. That's what we want to do. And we want to position ourselves for the results that we want to see. And that gets us into the second X, which Billy talks about. What what is the orchard look like? Orchard yeah. versus the vegetables. So I won't get into the whole analogy, but 
the idea is what does our orchard look like? And even if you drew some little trees on a piece of paper and talked about what do these trees represent? Because yeah. he he talks about rent, he talk which is passive income. He mm-hmm. talks about stocks, dividends. He talks about royalties. Yes. He talks about oil and gas. And these are like little pictures of the orchard trees that are that are going on. So that's part of the decision of seeing what does ours look like. And he also puts that in the context, not to bring out too many things here, but he, <laughs> he talks about that we're a new wineskin. So yes, that's so good. Yeah, the idea of talking as a family, hey, this is a new thing. So mm-hmm. what does our wineskin look like? And let's get the idea of what God has. That's really good. And I think that new wineskin is very interesting because many of us were brought up, you know, not thinking like this. And so just getting that understanding and that great revelation from Billy and Becky. And then I, I like how you stepped out, like how then analyzing, actually drawing it out to purposefully move forward, you know, and there there is a learning curve with that. But there's such an anointing on what Billy and Becky teach that it's like, you know, if you're hearing that sound in the spirit, you're going to get it because God is going to, you know, honor that and really provide an understanding of this. It's almost like a supernatural understanding once you hear it, mm-hmm. but it's it's levels. So we look at each other and it's like, wow, I'm sure I've heard this, but I just got it today. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. awesome. All right. Number two actively partner with God. He wants to give you insight on how to succeed and be a part of everything you are doing. A couple scriptures here. James 1, 5 says, if you, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And then Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Mm-hmm. This is so good because the actively partnering with God is something that is modeled for us by the life and ministry of Jesus. He actually says in John 17 that his goal was to harmonize with God and that that same harmony that he experienced with God and the glory that he experienced, he wants us to have. This is in John chapter 17. And he gives a little insight in Luke chapter 6 about how that happens. There he says, you come to me, that's relationship, you hear my voice, that's the words that he's speaking, whether it's in the Bible or he's talking to you through the Holy Spirit, and then you act upon it, you build. So in the business structure of what we're talking about here as a family, we want to actively partner with God by having that relationship and even pointing our children to the priority of relationship with God Yes, and how in that relationship we're hearing God direct us. And in that hearing, we can begin to build and act with confidence and we commit our ways to the Lord and he starts to establish the plans. That's so good. One of the stories we share is when we were selling our property and we got an appraisal that came in low and we're trying to figure out what to do, if we should negotiate or, um, you know, agree to lower the price a certain amount. Then you had a dream, you know, because of the relationship with God where you just saw that that we weren't to accept that appraisal. You know, that comes out of relationship and that that helped us significantly financially in the sale of that house. Yeah, it did. And something else that was key about that is I'm not really um, that knowledgeable about the whole real estate um, 
workings, the ins and outs, like you are and Billy and Becky. I don't have any history like that, really. And the beauty of this is that you don't have to have a lot of insights to be able to just hear the voice of God. And so typically you would hear an expert say, your house is not worth that. And you would go, oh, oh, okay, well, Mm -hmm. I'll just sell it for less. And that's what you would do because you would think, what do I know? I don't know anything. I mean, he's the expert, right? right? The appraiser. Yeah. And the problem is that you're you're putting your 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 opportunity into the hands of another person. And it's like God is saying to us, Hey, whose report are you gonna believe? I'm telling you something different. And so we go, okay, well, I'm gonna go with something what God is saying. And in that case, uh, we chose to not believe the appraisal, and which the appraisal was true, but we just chose not to accept it. Right. That's right. It doesn't mean that it wasn't true. It's just that we didn't accept that appraisal. Yeah. And as a result, we sold the house for much higher. Yeah, that's so good. That is really good. I think the part that's helpful just to reiterate is any of you listening, if you're thinking, I don't really know a lot about real estate and I'm just learning, just keep that in mind. You don't have to have everything like figured out but when you hear god he can help you navigate through those little different pivot points where you're making decisions yeah that's that's for sure and you know we really pursued both like definitely we were like we know that god is kind of of course the guide for us right Mm -hmm. but we also pursued knowledge as well so we kind of were in that process of bringing it together we still have a lot to learn but I was just going to share with the listeners and let them know that at Wealth Builders, we actually have many ways for you to learn about real estate and the how-tos. Um, one of them and one of the best ways to learn, which also includes community and uh, just guidance, is our coaching program. The Wealth Builders, we have real estate coaching and we have business coaching. And that is a way for you to kind of have that support system with the coaches, but go on a a very specific path of learning and then having um, coaches. Dave, you're a business coach. I'm a real estate and business coach. We have Frank Pooley, Mike Davis, Bill Bronchek, Troy Peterson, who you've heard on here. But that's a great way to journey forward with help, uh, guidance, and also bringing Uh, that spiritual element in, you know what, we get it, right? So when people hear the voice of God, we're just like, okay, we need to pay attention to this. So it's kind of bringing both in. Mm -hmm. All right. Number three, be confident that you will create a profitable and lasting business. Trust God. And I've got Deuteronomy 8.18, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Mm -hmm. This is really a great um, verse and confident builder that that God does actually help us create wealth. And we were talking a little bit earlier today about the idea that we're in a different position than even this Old Testament application because these people were under a law and there was a bit of a performance you know, element, mm-hmm. like if, if you do this, I'll do this. And the, the big change is that in Jesus, we're no longer under the law. In fact, Romans 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 4, says that we're no longer married to the law. We're now married to Jesus. 
And because we're married to Jesus, we have everything. It's like we married up, you know, like, like yeah, <laughs> idea that um, I married into wealth. Well, I, I did. I, I married Jesus, the wealthiest, um, you know, person that I could be attached to. And so it's not me performing and thinking, oh, did I do the right thing? Am I going to be blessed? Because, you know, it's like I did this and God does this. It's no longer that at all. There's no law. Uh, now, I still want to do things appropriately, of course. Right. But the idea is I'm in Jesus and I have come into the inheritance that Jesus got from the Heavenly Father when he sat down uh, with the Father and everything was given to him. I'm in that. And that's a beautiful idea that um, I have that grace to build wealth because God has given me power. He's given me capacity. He's given me strength and abilities that I've never had before because I'm in Jesus. That's really good. And, you know, when we've got that understanding and then we gain the what we call the how to's, because part of being a good steward or pressing through this is definitely to gain knowledge in the industry. But it's different. What you're describing to me is very helpful, because if I'm going into something knowing I'm already successful, I'm not going to be approaching it with any fear. Mm -hmm. So then in that, I'm actually able to hear the information that I need to learn about an industry or a business, those how-tos from an angle of not being concerned or worried that I'm going to be successful, but knowing I'm already successful in Jesus, and it just sort of opens up the ability to learn, take those risks and move forward with confidence. Mm -hmm. And that is a very different approach when we're in fear or we have those thoughts of, oh my goodness, you know, am I going to fail? Then we get outside of really the way that God wants us to think. We're kind of getting off his territory of that grace you described, knowing that we're successful and really getting on a, a whole wrong way of thinking through a fear-based lens. And so that solid understanding, Dave, is just so important. And I really like how you describe that. Mm -hmm. Because if people have the fear of failure or the fear of rejection, which is really common, uh, once you realize, wait, I, I'm, I'm in Jesus, and he's not going to let me fail mm -hmm. as I'm walking in harmony with him. And I've committed myself to the Lord, as you referenced the verse in Proverbs, and he is directing me, and, I, and, and I'm not going to be rejected. Uh, I'm not performing here with the law, and if I make a you know a, a misstep, I'm not going to get smacked for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Number four, do not get discouraged and stay clear of naysayers. Surround yourself with encouragers. Psalm 146.3 says this, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. Mm-hmm. This is so important, Karen, what you're talking about, about not getting discouraged, because in every opportunity, there is plenty of people that are going to tell you that you can't do it, including sometimes your own inner voice. Right. Saying, you can't do this. Are you crazy? <laughs> and uh, but if it's not your own voice trying to talk you out of it, or if it's not somebody else trying to talk you out of it, there's also the demonic realm and demons are at the doorway of every successful opportunity 
And they're there to like, just tell you, you can't do this and you're not smart enough. You don't have the money. You don't have this. You don't have that. And so it's really important to really realize that every opportunity does have a, a place of distress mm -hmm. because you realize you don't really understand what you're doing and you may not have the means and you may not have the methods yet and you may not even have the timing, but that's all part of the, the development that God helps us develop through that. And so he tells us along the pathway of development, going through distress into development before we can demonstrate the opportunity to stay encouraged and be of good cheer because God is with us. That's so good. Wow. All right, number five, never give up, never. God is faithful. Ecclesiastes 11.6 says this, Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a pretty quick one because it, it all comes down to faith in God. And faith in God is the idea of trust. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of belief. And what are we trusting? We're actually trusting God and who God says he is. When God talks about his own nature and his own character, and it's always pure, it's always true, his motives are always kind and loving, that's what we're asking, um, or, or God is asking us to, to have belief and trust in is, is him. And that helps us. That's really good. All right. Number six, encourage, model, and teach your children from early on key success principles. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's a really cool verse. And in the Hebrew part of this, train up a child in the way they should go, actually in the, the context of the language, it talks about a plant and the, the direction that it's going. And what you do is you identify your child, like their passion, their interests, their desires. And when you help train, you're actually helping accommodate or facilitate, which means make simple. You're actually facil facilitating their growth. So you help them if, if they have an interest area, then you help them get into that place of interest. And I think the idea that we also, um, as you mentioned, model, we model to our children our our dependency and our joy of walking with the Lord. And that actually helps model for them to like, oh, I don't have to be afraid because they're looking to parents when they're younger. Yes. And they're wondering, is everything okay? And as we model our relationship with the Lord, they learn that for themselves as well. That's so good. And even um, just letting them see, for example, conversations that you're in, with with business type things, bringing them along when you're doing real estate. We've got families, and, and I did this uh, all the time with Levi, bringing them in in conversations and events, conferences. We've got so many parents that bring their kids to Wealth Builders, and you know they're picking up on things, and it's helpful. They're seeing their parents model it, but they're also seeing Billy and Becky and, and Billy and Becky become a voice in their life. Mm -hmm. Other people that are there, um, building relationships with each other. Actually, we just started with Wealth Builders in a young entrepreneurs networking group because we are seeing that there is a group of young people very much interested in what Wealth Builders was teaching. And we want to help come alongside you as parents and grandparents to foster that in your kids and grandkids. 
And I think when kids see what you described being modeled, it really, you know, forms, starts to form at a very young age, them seeing their ability, their capacity, um, what they are interested in with like the support that you were saying. And that sort of thing is that has an incredible impact on children as they grow up and they start to, you know, venture into the business that God's called them to. And oftentimes too, um, like what we're experiencing, we have the same interest. And so when you've got that multi-generational interest going in business building, um, it's so much, I just see like, you know, God's connectivity with that, the ability to learn together and just keep that core of family at the center of everything. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful. All right. Number seven, encouraging your kids is good, but not enough. Actively invest in their future. First John 3.18 says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. I just encourage you, if you have a child or grandchild with an idea which needs funding to invest in their business, don't just give words of encouragement, but put your money, time, and knowledge where your mouth is, per se, and invest in them. You know, I love to see little kids that are out there with their lemonade stand mm -hmm. because you realize, okay, that five and six-year-old couldn't set that up by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. There's a parent or a grandparent behind that that is saying yeah let me help you let me help you get started so it can start when you're young and then it can continue as our kids get older that's a great example because the kid didn't just automatically show up with the lemonade stand exactly so it wasn't just like hey here's ten dollars go make it happen it's like the parent was there to help drive them to the store to get the materials to tell them yeah you could do this maybe give them some ideas um, help them set up their little table. And it's, it's really a great example of just working together as a family. And it's really, it's very biblical because if you take a look at the generational language of God, yeah. he has Abraham who, who Abraham had as Isaac and then Isaac, eventually Jacob. And then Jacob is, um, a person who had a little bit of a spotty pass. Yes. And his name actually means heel catcher because he was trying to grab onto the heel of his brother who came out of the womb first, Esau. And then God who worked with him, once Jacob was willing to transition, God renamed him to Israel, which is he rules with God. So all these things happened in a family. And when you look at how the lineage of Jesus came from all this, you see that God is very much into the, the building of children and each child's life and how they were going to prosper, but each father that was involved in the process helping them or wow. mother, mother as well. Oh, that is so good. And um, I remember this story, which you've heard, Dave, is when Levi was in high school and he got this idea that he was going to open up his own lunch stand, you know, with a grill, hot dogs and hamburgers chips and all that. And my first question was, well, Levi, um, you know, is this okay with your school and your principal? And he's like, oh yeah, I got it cleared. So off we went to Sam's Club to purchase the things. And, you know, it was a little thing, but yet I know over the years, just that I'm going to take time to go and, and really 
invest in and just really um, help you put this together meant a lot. Now, there are some things about that that the school event, she was like, okay, enough, that's enough. But even that principle, giving room for that and realizing that, um, you know, Levi has an entrepreneurial spirit in him. Like he really loves the idea of that. And that was a way for him to grow and learn when we give space to our kids, you know, it, it just helps them to step into things and see it as possibilities, not limitations. Mm -hmm. I like that. And you're actually speaking to Levi essentially, Hey, go be fruitful and multiply. Yes, You can do this. And that's something that God says to us. We talk about the original commission to Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply. He said the same thing to Noah, go be fruitful, multiply. And he said the same thing when he changed Jacob to Israel and in, um, Genesis chapter 35, verse 11, he told the new Israel guy, and that was his new wineskin. Yes. He told him, be fruitful and multiply, and you'll be a person over nations. And I think as a parent, what we're doing is we're, we're carrying that same kind of heart where we, we say to you, like, like in your situation, Levi, Levi, you can do this. I'm encouraging you to go for it. Be fruitful, like profit and grow. You can do this. Yeah, that's so good. Wow, Dave, this has been really fun to do this podcast with you. Um, Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yes, thank you for agreeing to be a part of it. And uh, we just want to encourage all of you. First of all, thank you so much for being part of the Wealth Builders family. Billy and Becky love you and they pray for you every day. And we're just so grateful that you're on this journey, that you're hearing the sound in the spirit to to really move forward in the area of wealth building and making a difference. Um, As I mentioned in our communities, this nation and really around the world, we are launching Wealth Builders Africa. It's already launched, but we're going over there actually to South Africa and Zimbabwe to do a conference in June. So we just, you know, invite you to pray for us. If you want to support that, go to wealthbuilders.org and you can find the donate button and help us to fund that. Also, just a reminder that there is so much information out on the Wealth Builders website, literally thousands of blogs that will help uh, teach and train completely free. So go to wealthbuilders.org. And if you have a topic in mind, just go ahead and enter that into the search button and you will be amazed at all the information. And finally, we have got a business and nonprofit workshop that is coming up August 18th through the 20th. And uh, we're very excited about that. Dave's going to be a speaker there. We've got a couple really amazing business people that are going to be teaching workshops there. You don't want to miss it. To learn more, go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events. So thank you again. God bless you and make it a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Builders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show. You want to learn more about who we are? Visit our website at wealthbuilders.org and check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next time.